glad that you're here this morning on Resurrection Sunday, right? The day that the Lord has risen. And if you haven't gotten that picture this morning that that's what we're celebrating, I'm going to reaffirm it again that today we're celebrating the resurrected Christ, the resurrected Jesus, right? And so today, uh, we're so glad that you're here and excited that you're with us. And man, this is a special day, right? Like this is a very, very special day for many of us and all of us, I think, because here's the thing. The resurrection is the thing that our whole faith and what we do here hinges on is the resurrection. Like that's it. Like, if Jesus doesn't step out of the grave, then we might as well all pack up and go home. Like, the cross is a very, very important element of that, sure. Like, the cross plays a big part. But again, he was placed in a tomb after the cross, and if he doesn't come out of that tomb, then death has not been conquered. Sin has not been conquered, all right? Now, you're like, whoa, okay little heavy. Here we go, right? But again, my name is Ray. Welcome to New City, and we're glad that you're here, excited that you're here with us today. One thing I want to do for us real quick is if you're a guest with us today, man, we're so glad that you're here, and we would love for you. On the way in, you should have gotten a little, uh, like, worship guide, and in that, there's a little tearaway section, okay? And we'd love for you to tear that out and fill that out, and then here in a little bit, when the offering comes by, all we're going to ask from you today is that you drop that in the offering bucket. We're not expecting you to give in any way. If you feel led to give, sure, great, go ahead, but we would just love to get that Connect card from you and just get to know you a little better, all right? And then after the service, we're going to be going outside for a baptism, okay? But then if you want to come back in, I'm going to entice you a little bit with a free gift, All right. And so after that, if you want to come back in here, I'd love to meet you. And we have a gift for you as well. Just thank you and you for coming here and being with us today. All right. So we're excited that you're here. Now, there's a story that I heard a couple years ago. Okay. And there's a guy that walks into this art gallery and he walks up to this painting and there's this little, little kiddo standing before the painting and his eyes are just wide open and he's looking at it just like, oh my gosh. Right. And the guy walks up to him and he says, you know, just to kind of make conversation with this kiddo that just looks scared to death ultimately, he says, what is this a painting of? And the kid goes, well, that is Jesus nailed to the cross for our sins. And the guy goes, thank you. That's right. That's right. And so then he walks on down through the galleries looking at more paintings. And then as he's standing there looking at another painting, he feels this tug at his shirt. And that little boy walks up to him and he says, Now, mister, I want you to know that's not the end of the story. There's more. Did you know he's alive? Right? But that's what we're celebrating today. That Jesus is alive. He's alive. Now, here's the thing. Like, the cross is a beautiful depiction of what Jesus has done for us, right? He went there, death and sin went with him, and now we have life through that. And the cross is a symbol that we wear around our necks. We wear it on shirts. We have stickers. We have mugs. We have all those things with the cross on it. Absolutely. Because it's a key, key component. But today, Easter is when we celebrate his resurrection, his life, his return from the tomb, okay? Now, 
C.F. Evans, he's a writer, uh, modern writer today. He says this about the resurrection, okay? He says, to a greater extent than anything else, Christianity is a religion of the resurrection. And more than anything else, we count on the reality of the resurrection. Now, oftentimes it is attacked, it is denied, it is ridiculed, and it is even ignored. And it is explained away constantly because it is the vital point of the Christian faith that holds up everything else. And naturally, the enemy wants to hit at this reality. Right? He wants to hit at this reality of the resurrection. You see, for a follower and believer of Jesus, today is more about eggs and fancy skirts and whatever else there is today, right? The Easter grass that gets everywhere, like whatever it is for today and for you. Spring popping forth. No, today is so much more. It is the celebration of our resurrected Jesus. Are you getting the point yet about what today is for? The resurrected Jesus, because here's the the reality of it, okay? As a follower and lover of Jesus, everything we do and everything we believe and the hope that we have sits on the resurrection. It sits on the resurrection. Now, here's the thing, okay? I want to take this in a little bit different direction probably than you were expecting. And maybe you're like, oh, yeah, I saw that coming. But here's the deal, okay? Let's assume for just a few moments that Christ did not rise, Okay, that Christ did not resurrect. In fact, there's just some t- some body sitting somewhere in some Palestinian tomb that is still rotting there to this day and just hasn't simply been found. Let's go with that for a minute. Now, here's what happens, okay, if Jesus doesn't arise. So we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 today, okay? If you don't have your Bible, that's fine. It's going to be up on the screen for you. In fact, it's already there. Or no, it's not. Now it is. All right? But it's going to be up there for you to follow along, okay? But I want to set up a little bit of context before you before we jump into this. So Paul, a man who had persecuted Christians, then encountered Jesus and had this radical change in his life and wrote the majority of the New Testament of the Bible, okay, is writing this letter to the people or the church in Corinth, the Corinthians, And as he's writing this letter, he's fighting this battle, if you will, with the Corinthians, this tension. Because what they have been taught, or where they are, is this this tension of pagan beliefs, and yet this newfound faith in Jesus. And they're like, okay, for someone to resurrect from the grave is not possible. Now, I'm going to be real with you today for a moment, because it's Easter, but there may be some of us even in this room today that struggle with that fact, that Jesus himself resurrected from the grave. But look here. If we walk through this and we begin to see this, we begin to maybe ask questions. Okay, that seems a little bit impossible. Like, I don't think that's a thing, right? Like, I don't know that I've ever really seen anybody resurrect from the grave. But look here. Paul was fighting that same battle with people in the first century church who some of them had even seen Jesus afterwards and they're still struggling with it. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure. And so he says to them, look, in chapter, or chapter 15, verse 1, here's where we're going to begin, okay? So now, brothers, I want to clarify for you the gospel, the good news, okay? Jesus resurrected, that I proclaimed to you, and you received it, 
and you have taken your stand on it. So now, okay, we are followers of Jesus. They have planted themselves in it. That's who we are, okay? And so he begins to continue. Okay, so you are also saved by it. And if you hold to the message I proclaim to you, unless you believe for no purpose. For I passed on to you as most important what I also received, okay? Now remember, he was persecuting Christians, but now he is a follower of Jesus. This is the same way that he came about following Jesus. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Now that's an important little line there, because that little line adds confirmation to the fact that he was, that he died, like according to the scriptures. In other words, the Old Testament was their scriptures. And in that, they would see prophets saying that a Messiah will come and this is how it's going to go down. And this is how it's going to happen. And look, Jesus fulfilled all of those prophecies. And so as we continue, then that he was buried and then he was raised on the third day, again, according to the scriptures. And then he appeared to Peter or Cephas, then to the 12, then he appeared to over 500 brothers at one time, most of them still alive, but some have fallen asleep. In other words, if you want to confirm this, like he's saying to the Corinthians, if you want to confirm this, like go talk to those people, they have seen Jesus alive. What an awesome opportunity, right? You can go talk to them. And so uh, if you jump down to verse Uh, Sorry, I missed verse seven. Then he appeared to James, who was his earthly brother, then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one abnormally born, he also appeared to me. Now, what does he mean by abnormally born? He means that he was not a follower of Jesus. In fact, he was the far opposite. He was a persecutor of Christians, a killer of Christians. He would hold coats and watch people stone Christians. But yet when he encountered Jesus, he was radically changed. So last of all, he appeared to me. So if you take that in reverse order, look here. Paul's basically saying, okay, if you don't believe me, then go talk to these people who have seen him. If you don't believe them, then go talk to the other 500 he's revealed himself to. If you don't believe them, then go talk to the apostles. If you don't believe the apostles, well, then go talk to Peter. Like he was his right-hand man. Like go talk to these folks. But then look on down in verse 12, okay? Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead... How can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our proclamation is without foundation. And so is your faith. In addition, we've also found to be false witnesses about God because we have testified about God that he was raised up. That he was raised up Christ. And whom he did not raise up if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, Christ has not been raised. He says it again. And if Christian, or excuse me, if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is worthless and you are still in your sins. Therefore, those who have fallen asleep in Christ, those who have died, have also perished. And if you have put if we have put our hope in Christ for this life only, then we should be pitied more than anyone. Man, those are strong, strong words that he is throwing out there, right? But his message that he wants to share with the people of Corinth, the Corinthians, is that Christ died and he was buried and he was raised. But imagine if the story just stopped at Christ died and he was buried. That's it. There it is. 
That's the story. So Paul, Paul's saying to the Corinthians, look, it doesn't quite work out. And let me give you a couple reasons why. Okay, he's saying that to the Corinthians, but he's saying that to us today as well. Like, look, this is what the resurrection means to us. All right, so if you're taking notes, there's a spot in your bulletin if you want to. You're not required to. Like, we're not going to have a test at the end. Okay, all that fun stuff. But here's the first one, okay? If Christ did not rise, then Christ did not rise. You're like, really? Like, you're hitting us with that? Come on. Now, yeah, it's very, (laughs) seriously, my son says. But look here. If Christ did not rise then Christ does not rise. And I understand that that's very elementary. Like that seems like a no-dust statement, right? But look, he adds it in there and he adds it in there multiple times so that they then would see. But here's what I want you to catch today is that Jesus had to die as a man, but he also then had to return as a man. Right? He can't go in as one thing and come out as another. You know, this past week, my son Owen was teaching me about the stages of life for a butterfly. Right? So a butterfly starts as a caterpillar, goes into this cool thing that he was telling me about called a chrysalis. I don't need you to tell me right now. All right, so chrysalis, and then they go into the chrysalis, and they come out of the chrysalis, and they're a butterfly. It's not like Jesus went in the tomb as a man and came out as something else. The funniest one I've ever heard is it's, it's, not a, it's not a tanning booth. You don't go in as one person and come out as another, right? Like he didn't go into the tomb as one and come out as another. He came, he went into the tomb as a man. He had to return as a man. So if Christ did not rise, then Christ did not rise. But in the book of Luke, look here, we see a little bit of something that confirms to us that he is, in fact, a man. All right, in Luke 24, verse 36, he has now risen from the grave. He has begun to show himself to others, and he is now at this place in verse 36 where he is sitting with some of his closest followers in his time that he was alive. And as they were saying these things, the things they were saying was, are you sure he's alive? Like, that's what they're saying. And as they're saying these things, he himself, he being Jesus, stood among them and he said to them, peace to you. But they were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a man. Nope, what does it say? Seeing a ghost. Right, they thought they were seeing a ghost. Why are you troubled, he asked them. And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet, that it is I myself Touch me and see, because a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you can see I have. And having said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they were still amazed and unbelieving because of their joy, he asked them, catch this, do you have anything to eat? And so they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it, and he ate it in their presence. Now here's the thing. There's two things here, actually. The first one, look. You don't believe it's me, touch, feel. It's me. It's me. But also, like, I don't know a lot of spirits that are going to need some nourishment. A lot of spirits that are going to need some fish, that are going to need some... In fact, I don't know a lot of spirits. But, like, that are going to need nourishment. And he says, no, no. I need something to eat. Why? Because he went in the grave as fully man, and he came out 
is fully man. Now, the next point is this. If Christ did not rise, okay, then gospel preaching is useless. Now, what do I mean by gospel preaching? I mean the good news of Jesus. We heard as Kristen was sharing with the kiddos, that is the simplest form of the gospel message. There was a perfect world. Sin came into it and it became broken, but yet God had an answer and his name was Jesus and Jesus came and he died on a cross and then he was resurrected. The gospel in its simplest form, the good news, but look here, if Christ does not rise, the gospel preaching is useless. Pointless. As it says here in verse 14, the proclamation is without foundation. You see, if we don't have the message, then again, it just ends. Christ, was di- Christ died and then he was buried. It's not good news. In fact, it's, it's pretty rough news. But here's the thing. It, like, it, it gets even a little bit worse because Jesus' proclamation of himself was this, that I am the one, like no other name under heaven by which you can be saved. Catch that, by no other name can one be saved. Therefore, we find ourselves really in a place of out of luck. But then it, it gets even, even a little bit tougher to chew on because in Romans 1, Paul writes this to the Romans. Look, that Jesus was declared to be the powerful son of God through the resurrection. Like because he resurrected, he declared himself as God. It just begins to get a little bit Rougher, but here's the thing. Look, the good news of Jesus, the redemptive work for your sins would then be as dead as Jesus himself would be. The next one is this. If Christ did not rise, then our faith is worthless. Let me get back over here to Corinthians. Look what he says. In verse 14, if Christ has not been raised, then our proclamation is without foundation, and so is your faith. You see, the resurrection is is paramount to our faith and our trust in Jesus. And we see it both in verse 14 and 17. If Christ not be raised, then your faith is worthless. Now, here's the thing. Like, if Christ has not risen from the grave, then we have put our faith in nothing, Nothing of value, nothing of hope, nothing of healing, and nothing of radical transformation that comes through Jesus himself. Now, Paul would say it this way for us to become a believer in Christ. He would say, look, what you must do then is confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Well, there's a critical piece then missing, isn't there, to our faith and to our salvation through him. For if Christ is not risen, then you have banked your life and eternity on something of no value. Of no value. Now, I'm a former student pastor, right? And we we used to play these crazy games in student ministry and like try to get the kids as, as basically as messy as we could. Right? And so we'd get these big bowls and we'd, we'd fill them up with like the craziest things like cottage cheese and mac and cheese. Like you want to get a weird look, walk through Costco with like 10 pounds of cottage cheese. People are like, what is wrong with that guy? Right? But here's the thing. Okay. 
We'd fill those bowls up, and I mean, they'd be huge. And then we'd tell the kids, all right, you can't use your hands, all right? And what we want you to do is find the piece of candy at the bottom. Oh, man, these kids get so excited, right? And you'd have to sell it. Like, okay, whoever wins, whoever gets a piece of candy first is going to get a $25 gift card. Like, it's going to be awesome. And, man, you'd be surprised. They'd jump in. Right? And they'd go after it. And they'd start wallowing around in there. And they'd get covered. And then they'd come up for air. They'd go back in. They'd keep going. And then after it went for a little while, we'd go, hey, by the way, there's no candy. Yeah, I know it's mean. But here's what Paul's saying. Look what Paul's saying. He's saying, if Christ is not risen, then we are just like those kids sticking their heads in the bowl looking for the candy. Right? Like the disciplines of the Christian faith, desiring to live by the biblical principles and all your love towards people and all your love towards God. If there is no resurrection, look, there is no eternal hope and there is no eternal home. The resurrection is the key element in it. And if we dive into the scriptures, we see over and over men and women who lay out their lives for their faith and their trust in Jesus. Man, how does that wreck the scriptures if Christ has not risen? We find that Abel was a fool. Enoch never truly walked with God. Noah was a nutcase. He spent 120 years building a boat based on what? His faith in God. Feel like I'm supposed to build a boat. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, David, Gideon, Samson, Barak, all these who place their faith in Christ and their faith in the future hope of the redemption that was going to come from the Messiah. The Messiah that we now have the advantage and the opportunity to know is Jesus. Man, what, a, what an amazing thing for us to know. Now, here's my final point. And Paul makes it here in Corinthians, okay? If Christ did not rise, then we are still in our sin. If Christ did not rise, then we are still in our sin. Look what it says. It says, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. Verse 17, and you are still in your sin. Now, if Christ is not risen, we're stuck, right? We are stuck, and we are still captive, and Jesus as our Savior is not something we're able to proclaim. But look here. If Christ doesn't rise, then he has lost. If Christ does not rise, the evil one has won. Satan has won. Sin has won. The evil one is celebrating with great joy, for he has trapped each of us into sin for eternity. He's the victor. If Christ has not risen. But what do we see in the scriptures? What do we see? We see that Christ has in fact risen. Now celebrate with me here for a few minutes, right? That Jesus has won. He's the one celebrating victory. He has overcome death. He has overcome Satan. He has overcome the grave. And he has stepped forth. 
Romans 6 verse 4, look, it shows how Christ went to the grave bearing each of our sins, each of us in this room. He went and he carried them to the cross, but then in verse 4, and he was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. The glory of the Father. Now you've heard it said before, like, look, there is no salvation with Christ. You, you've probably heard that, but I want to I add a word to that. There is no salvation without Christ resurrected. Because why? Because we are still stuck in our sins. But look here, in this, this argument, if you will, that Paul is having, this tension that Paul is having with the Corinthians, okay? He lays out these consequences, ultimately, if Christ does not rise. So here they are. Christ is not risen, Okay, gospel preaching is useless. Faith is empty. One we didn't get to is that all the apostles are liars. Like, what a great job for them. Like, it's carried on for this long if they are truly liars. But most importantly, that sin is unforgiven without the resurrection. But in the same way that you've, you've now entertained that thought, okay, Entertain this thought for just a few moments. What if? (laughs) What if Christ has in fact risen? What if Christ has risen? Look here. Then the opposite is true. Everything is suddenly in reverse. Gospel preaching is valuable. The good news is valuable. Faith is priceless. The apostles are speaking the truth. And you, my friend, are no longer stuck in your sin. But you have freedom and you have redemption and you are cleansed and you are brought out of the depths of the sin that holds you. And that's what we celebrate today. A resurrected Jesus a resurrected Jesus. If you would bow your head for just a moment. Because as we saw at the beginning of 1 Corinthians 15, the message goes like this. Christ died for our sins. He took the punishment that you and I deserve. He was buried, but yet he was raised on the third day. Now while you're, while you're head is bowed. I just want to read for you Acts chapter 17 or give you kind of a a context of Acts chapter 17. Here, the early followers of Jesus, okay, they they are preaching the good news. They are preaching the resurrection. They are preaching Jesus. And here's how the people responded, okay? Some mocked, some delayed, and some said, well, we'll hear of this again. But then some believed. But those are really the only alternatives that we have. To mock, to delay, to postpone, or to believe. To trust in our risen Jesus. And I'm sure, and I know, that there are some in our fellowship today that that are followers and believers of Jesus. You believe in a resurrected Lord. Or maybe you're one that's postponed it. Maybe you're one that's skeptical. But may I say this to you? There is no hope of life here or now in eternity apart from the resurrected Jesus. You say, well, okay. 
What do I need to do then? What do I, what do I need to do to confirm this belief? And we, we talked about it earlier in the message here. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You're putting Jesus as Lord of your life. And believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead. And here's the promise that comes on the end of that. And you will be saved. Salvation will come. Renewal in your life will come. And it's as simple as in your heart this morning expressing that desire to God and he'll answer it. Let me pray over you this morning.